0: Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Brought to you by our sponsor, Vanillasoft, with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us each week as we interview industry experts in the dramatically growing field of inside sales, and sales development, Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Hey, Daryl.
1: Thank you, Paul. How you doing, folks? Daryl Prale here again for another edition of Inside, Inside Sales. If you haven't figured it out by now, I just love saying it that way. In fact, I was talking to my good friends at the Sales Lead Management Association And they were suggesting we should have a contest. And the contest could be you have to submit your own rendition of Inside, Inside Sales. So we could see how many bad takes we could get on that. I am so glad you're here for another episode. I am joined today, and I got to tell you, I am so thrilled about this guest. I am joined today by Benjamin Dennehy. And he is calling from the UK, and he got, you're going to love this, folks. If you don't know Benjamin, let me tell you his tagline. He is the United Kingdom's most hated sales trainer, and God bless him. I love him. Benjamin, how are you doing today, sir?
2: I am really good. Thank you for having me on the show, Daryl. It's an honor to be here.
1: I can't tell you. I've, uh, I've had some good guests, and uh, every time we do another episode – the whole intent is to make sure our audience gets some pragmatic, real-world advice that they can action at the end of the show. And I know if anybody can give us some hard, tough love and you know some uh, maybe awful medicine, so we make our pains go away and feel better and produce more results, it is definitely going to be the UK's most hated sales trainer. Now, guys and gals, if you don't know Benjamin, I got to tell you one thing right now. Okay, I plug a lot of my guests. You know that, but you know I'll be transparent. The guests I have are the guests that I want to talk to the guests that I follow so if you don't follow Benjamin on LinkedIn, you need to what you're gonna find when you follow him is he doesn't I put he doesn't sugarcoat stuff he's he's candid he's blunt and he has no problem calling you out if you have a poor take he doesn't in love he wants you to be better but you i mean if if you can handle Benjamin then you are positioned to be a rock star SDr <laughs> So that's the best thing. Now, Benjamin, today you came up with the idea, which was brilliant, on prospecting and, and and the whole idea of prospecting versus selling. I know the answer to this. Maybe you can share what was the catalyst for that topic.
2: There's this new world out there and it's called social selling. Uh, I hate the phrase social selling because it's not selling. It, it's, it's a form of marketing. Uh, and we band the words around like marketing, prospecting, selling, and no one really has any clear definitions of what these words mean. Uh, and I just wanted to point out that a lot of activity, the activity that I do on LinkedIn, that you do on LinkedIn, um, that other people I know do on LinkedIn, is all prospecting activity. It's designed to get a real human being to reach out to you. And once they reach out to you, then, and only then, do you begin the sales process. So prospecting is all the activity you do leading up to the point that a human being contacts you and says, I'd like to speak with you further. Once you talk to a real human being as a direct result of that behavior, now you're into the selling process. Um, So it's almost like the difference between preparing to commit a crime and committing the crime. Yeah? (laughs) Yeah. That's how I see it. So you, yeah. you haven't
1: broke the law until you, haven't you broke the, the law. crime. Yeah,
2: yeah, so you're just simply preparing to commit the crime. Uh, and as soon as you commit it, you've committed a crime. So prospecting is the preparation. It is getting a human being to you so that you can engage them in the proper sales process. So that's what prospecting is to me. So it's any activity designed to get someone to engage with me.
1: Let me set the stage here. So one of the points that Benjamin is alluding to is recently uh <laughs> daniel disney and i had a head to head debate uh, where we talked about we called it the transatlantic takedown where he and i debated cold calling versus social selling and you have to understand right like like the various posts we had every single post had like 20 30 40,000 views hundreds of comments this was hotly contested and, uh, and Benjamin and I, like really in there and, and, and going at it because Benjamin, so many people conflate social selling with, with selling or, yeah. and, 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 and then where you and I got into it a little bit on, and Benjamin and I didn't agree in the end, folks, is cold calling selling. And we'll get to that in a second. When you were reading some of those comments where yeah. the, what I was blown away by was, was so many people said, well, it's all the same. You know, selling, selling, social versus oh, it's all selling, and and it's not, is it?
2: No, no, it's not. So for me, um, social selling uh, is a misnomer. It should be it's it accurately is social marketing because the whole purpose of it is to generate awareness and attention of who you are, in the hope that someone will reach out. Now, the moment they reach out, you cross over into selling. All social selling, social marketing, is designed to engage them. So it's just like instead of picking up the phone. And trying to engage someone, you're simply engaging them through a post or some commentary or some information you're willing to share. Uh, and that's the whole purpose of it, to engage them so they reach out. Now, people think because you never may have to talk to a human being because you could drive them to your website, they go on your website, they place an order and they buy, that you've sold them something. You haven't. All you've done is taken an order. I mean, a website is an order-taking facility. Just because someone gives you money doesn't mean you've sold them anything. I think about it. Have you ever been into McDonald's? Do they actually sell you anything, or do they just take your order?
1: Well, they just take your order. They, well, they, they take your order they, they, order. they don't tell me the pros and cons of how no. you know one patty's cooked versus another and why this exactly. dough used in this bread is better than that dough in that bun. And exactly. Mr. Frail, do you have a gluten-free allergy? If so, we can make a different recommendation. Because the decision to buy has been made. I've never, ever
2: met anyone in McDonald's and asked them what they're doing, and I've said browsing. Yeah? Doesn't happen. <laughs> So they're in the order fulfillment business. They spend all their money getting people to buy into them uh, uh, through marketing and advertising, and then you have your first experience, you enjoy it, and then you continually fulfill it. Social marketing is the same. It's about getting people to engage with you. And if you're just driving them to a website for them to place an order, great, fine, I love it, I think it's brilliant and it works. But confusing that with someone who has to phone a managing director or a CEO who owns a business who you've got to get in front of because you're not going to do this over the phone. You're going to have to sit in front of this person as a human being. Social selling doesn't do anything for you unless as a result of him seeing something online, he reached out to you. But the moment he reaches out, the social
1: selling, the social marketing, yeah, it's over. And you're into the sale, aren't you? Uh, Many of the argument made online was... You know, they're engaging with people. They're engaging with me. They're yeah. engaging with you. Yeah. I often posit, you know, I'm the chief marketing officer at Vanilla hence I am the guy with the ban, the budget, the authority, the need, and the timeline. They think because they reply to one of my posts or they reach out proactively and connect with me and that we're bantering back and forth on LinkedIn that they're selling, and I'm going to magically come to them. They haven't mm. sold me squat no, no. Well, but again, people don't understand what selling is. And human beings, it doesn't matter
2: if you're, say, the Secretary of State who has to make a decision on whether or not to invest billions uh, in some new uh, military hardware, or you're the mother in the supermarket choosing which toothpaste to buy. The process human beings go through is exactly the same, and people buy emotionally, and then they justify that decision intellectually. All marketing is is to give an intellectual argument as to why perhaps you should satisfy an emotion. If you don't understand that, you don't understand the nature of selling. You cannot intellectually convince somebody to buy your stuff. And that's why you've probably met people who you know you can fix their problem. They have a problem. They see they've got a problem. You can fix it, and they still say, I'm not interested. Why? Why has that happened? Because on an emotional level, they don't care. It's not hurting them enough to want to actually fix it. So the emotion isn't there. And this is where people are confusing uh, social selling and prospecting and all those things. They're they're, they're confusing it. People, bar emotionally, justify intellectually.
1: So now Dan Disney claims that cold Mm -hmm. calling, we talk about selling, cold calling or prospecting, cold calling will be dead by 2025. That's one of his more recent claims. Now, he doesn't say it's going to be replaced purely by social selling or video or something else. But what's your take on that? And from a prospecting point of view, will cold calling be dead by 2025? No,
2: all that's going to happen is there'll be a lot less of it. I'll give him that. There will be less of it. But all it's going to do, it's it's a process of natural selection. It's going, technology is going to kill off the shitty, useless telephone prospectors anyway. What it will do is there are still going to be owners of businesses who have to talk to a human being before they make a decision. You're not going to buy certain things over the phone or over the internet without having actually met with someone. So if you're in consultative sales, you sell big ticket items, that's never going to change. You're still going to have to get in front of them. And these are still people that are going to want to talk on the phone. I mean, it's funny you say um, uh, it may die out. Think about it. You know, So many people use email and social media to get a hold of people while prospecting. Ones that are more successful now are going back to using letters and envelopes because nobody sends them anymore. So all that will happen in 25 years is less and less people will be on the phones. So the ones that are on it will be far more successful because people will say, good God, you've actually phoned me. Yes, you're, I will you, talk to you. A real human. Hallelujah.
1: And you're the first one to call me. None of your competitors have. Yeah. So Into the floor is yours. Sell me. You Shape the conversation. Influence it, my project. It. Take yeah. it. Exactly. And, and so I
2: it'll never die unless the phone is eradicated. And that is quite possible. I don't know what the future is going to hold. But doing it all online, uh, doing it all over the uh, electronic media, it won't take away the need to sell. And this is the other thing that these people don't appreciate. Social media, social selling doesn't give you or teach you the skills on how to sell. You can't learn anything from this. So it doesn't teach you how to communicate with a human. It doesn't teach you how to control your emotions. It doesn't teach you how to get your ego out of the way. It doesn't give you a structure or a system to move a human from intellect to emotion. Social selling can't do that. That requires real face time with real people in the real world. Because sitting behind the screen, everybody's brave. Yeah. Put them in front of someone who's real. The sales people collapse like a cheap deck of cards.
1: <laughs> All right. Quickly before we go to commercial yes. break, you and I disagree, and I want to put it on the table and we don't need to resolve this today. I was of the opinion and I mm. still am that yep. when I'm, when I'm dialing my phone, mm. I maybe I'm placing an outbound call to do cold calling or whatnot that I'm now selling because my expectation what? is if you answer that phone, you know, at yeah. that moment in time, I'm immediately going into a qualification process. Is there a needs analysis? And and away we go. I believe that's selling. You contend it's not. Now, you feel no. free to correct me, so go for it. All right. So for me, it depends
2: what the purpose of any call is for you. So for me, the purpose of a call is to get a hold of a managing director or a CEO to get an appointment. That is it. So my sole purpose is to find out, does this person... So I'm like a doctor. Does this person exhibit symptoms that may indicate they have a bigger problem that I can fix? Now, I don't know at that moment in time if that problem is big enough to fix. I don't know if they want to fix it. I don't know that if they do want to fix it that they have the money to pay me. I don't know that they're willing to commit the time or resources. I don't know any of this. So the purpose of that call is to take someone who's not expecting me, to get them to admit that they may or may not have one or two symptoms, and then I ask a few questions to establish, to can they give me an example? How long have they had this problem for? What have they done to try and fix it? Did that work? If it didn't work, how much do they think it's cost them? How does that make them feel? And have they given up trying to fix it? That's all I want. And if they answer those questions, and most will, and they get to the end and say, I haven't given up trying to fix it, I'll go for the appointment. I'm not selling at this stage because the first thing I'll say to them is, I'll be honest, I don't know if I can fix this for you, but let's pretend I could because I have helped companies in your sector with this problem. Is there any reason you wouldn't invite me in? To which they invariably say, well, no. In that case, have you got your diary there? I haven't sold anything yet. All I've done, I suppose you could say, is I've got them to invite me in.
1: So where I disagree with you is I think you've already started the qualification process. I've started qualifying, and I think that's part of selling, but we don't need to resolve it. We that's don't okay. To. Just, we'll we just have, agree I'm right. We'll just agree that <laughs> I'm fighting with the UK's most hated sales trainer. And no matter what, I know I'm going to lose. With that, <laughs> folks, we're going to take a small little break here and we'll be right back.
3: CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time, make less than two attempts to contact them, and are only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is a sales engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing-qualified leads into sales-qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more. Blow your quota out of the water. How? By ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds persistently and with the cadence that is optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com.
1: And we are back. All right. Benjamin, I want to get right into the meat of it. So we've talked about prospecting. We've Uh, differentiated what you know social selling is versus, shall we say, marketing. And we got back to the phone. The phone is still really viable. It is still a powerful tool, but a lot of people are doing it wrong. People listening to today's episode will leave here with the great Benjamin Dennehy telling them what they're doing wrong and what they should be doing instead. What, my good friend, are they doing wrong? How can they improve it?
2: Right, so the problem with the telephone is simply this, is human beings can only act in a manner consistent with their beliefs. Very hard for someone to consistently behave in a manner that doesn't follow the belief pattern. And one of the biggest problems we have with the telephone is a lot of things we were taught as a child that were given to us as rules to keep us safe. We were never told as a kid, don't apply as a grown-up. So you grow up with these rules in your head as being the framework. A lot of people listening to this will say they don't have a problem picking up the phone. I get that. This undermines the way they behave, though. So one of the rules your mother taught you is, what did your mom teach you, Daryl, about talking to strangers? I should not talk to strangers. shouldn't write. What did she teach you about interrupting busy people? I should not interrupt busy people. And what did she teach you about answering questions? Did you have the choice not to, or if you're asked, you need to give a good answer? You need to give a good answer, a thoughtful answer. Right, so those are three rules you were taught as a child that don't apply as a grown-up. You are allowed to talk to a stranger. You can interrupt anybody you want and you never have to answer somebody's questions. You take those rules and then you put it in a telephone contact. You now got a grown up sitting there and they're given a list of CEOs to call. First thing mum says is, he's a stranger. He's probably very busy. And he's going to ask you lots of questions, so you start to get a bit terrified, and that fear. Now, I know, like I say, a lot of people listening to say, "I don't have the problem." My phone call every day. I get that, but these rules are going to determine what you do because the moment you pick pick up that phone, you start to act and behave in a certain manner. And I bet your mum taught you to introduce yourself. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. So it, this is the biggest mistake salespeople make because CEOs and MDs are so used to salespeople calling them. They can spot you the moment you open your mouth, and it's, hi, my name's Benjamin. As soon as I hear that, I know it's a sales call. Yep. And instantly, you will trigger a script in my head, which is, how quickly can I get rid of this person? It shuts down. It doesn't engage them. It doesn't slap them around the face. What it does is trip a switch, and they're preparing on how to get rid of you. You then use some trite line, like, how are you today, or have I caught you at <laughs> a bad time, or "Or is this a good time, or is it not a good time, or is it okay if I have a few minutes to explain a little bit about why I'm calling it? They either say yes or no, and then if they say yes, you proceed to vomit all over this person. You start to tell them what your company does and who you work for and how happy people are having used you and how you change lives and businesses. And and then you may slip in a few questions. And the whole time they're waiting for you to take a breath. And then when you finally come up for oxygen, they have some excuse. We're fine, thanks. We already handle that. We do that in-house. We have somebody working on that for us. Now's not the right time. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to take that scenario and transpose it to the pub on Friday night. You're at the bar. You turn and you see the guy or the girl that you're attracted to. Would you conduct the the conversation you're about to have with this stranger the same way you conduct a phone call with a stranger? Would you say, hi, what's your name? It's Sarah. Shut up, Sarah. I'm going to tell you how awesome I am for the next two minutes. And then you're going to decide if we move forwards or not. What are the odds of a successful consummation happening? It won't happen. (laughs) my God. Yeah? It won't happen, no. It won't happen. But this is what thousands, no, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people are doing right now on the phone. They're phoning up a stranger, and they're telling them how great they are. And this is why people hate sales calls. You can't phone up a stranger and talk to them about you. doesn't work. So what I teach people, what you need to do is, first of all, you never have to introduce yourself. So you have to say something that'll catch their attention and shake them out of the malaise that you're going to catch them in. So, and I, people don't believe this works. I do it every day. I do it with everyone I meet with. I say this to and I demonstrate it live when I teach telephone prospecting. The first thing I'll say to any CEO as soon as they answer is I say, Dal, I've got to be honest. it's a cold call.
1: Do you want to hang out? Which totally would throw them off.
2: It throws them. What I do is I'm deliberately trying to prick their rebellious child and a rebellious child hates to be told what to do. And they say no. See, now it's not a cold call. And then he goes, well, no, what's it about? Or why are you calling? Or what are you trying to sell me? See, now it's all honest. There's none of this BS that this is a sales call. I've made it clear. So he's, we're bonding now. They don't realize it, but we're bonding because I'm being honest. And then I'll say to them, look, let me have 30 seconds. By the end of those 30 seconds, we can either keep speaking or we can hang up. Does that sound fair? They all say, yes. And we've agreed something there. We've agreed five things. We've agreed I talk. We've agreed they've listened. We've agreed it'll go for 30 seconds. And we've agreed at the end of it, they can either hang up or keep talking. People love this. It feels like they're in control because they're giving you permission. And they've agreed it. And then I do a commercial. And I don't talk about me or my company. I have to talk about my prospect's world. So I'll say, so typically I get invited in by men such as yourself. They're unsuccessful companies, but they've identified sales as a bottleneck to growth, and they're probably frustrated that they've got salespeople who were reluctant or not motivated to pick up the phone. Others are worried that when they do, they can't get past gatekeepers, and a few tell me their biggest concern is when they listen to them, it's like listening to a 10-year-old kid, and they think, I'd never meet with that guy. I get the feeling, Daryl, you're going to tell me none of that applies in your world, aren't you?
1: No, actually, that does apply. We have several people who are not performing as they should. And now I've hooked you. Uh, you've, actually told, you've, you uh, you've actually told me you've got a problem. Now, I, I don't know if I can fix
2: it yet. So then my next thing is, okay, Daryl, of those three things, if you had to pick one, if you could wave a wand to fix, which would you fix first, if you could pick one? So uh, not picking up the phone, not getting past gatekeepers, failing to engage.
1: Uh, not picking up the phone.
2: Okay. Now, Daryl, I've had my 30 seconds. Is it okay if we speak for a little bit longer? Oh, that's
1: good.
2: Uh, absolutely, because you've intrigued me. Now he's hooked. Yeah, you're hooked. Yeah, now, because you're going to start talking about you, and then I'm going to ask you a series of questions. So the first one, I'll say, Darryl, can you be a little more specific for me? Can you give me an example of what you mean? Uh, now, what happens is you can only choose one of two choices here. You can either choose the most recent or the most painful. Both are good. So now I know. Now I'm getting you to tell a story about your world, and you're doing the one thing you love now, aren't you? Talking about who? Talking about me, baby you, baby. And so I just keep that going. Because I know that I can't phone up and talk about me. You're not going to like it. So then I say to you, Well, look, Daryl, okay, how long's this been going on for? When did you first recognise this was a problem? And you're qualifying.
1: You know, three months and ago. And now you, yeah, yeah.
2: Three months ago. Now, if someone says to me three months, I'll say, I'm gonna be honest with you, that's not a lot of time for this really to be a problem. I mean, are you sure it's not just a glitch? Now, they're either going to fight me on that and say, no, 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 or they'll say, it could be. If they say, oh, probably the last three years, I'll then say to them, can I be honest? It sounds more like a lifestyle than a problem. Yeah, and then they'll fight me on it, and I'll say, yeah, you're right, or no, you're not. So I'm qualifying the time. And then the next question I'll simply ask them is, okay, so can I, what have you done to try and fix this? Very important, because if they say nothing, what does that tell me?
1: They're not motivated to fix it.
2: They're not really motivated to fix it most will say we have okay and i guess that worked i always go in with the negative presumptive so they have to say no and then i go deaf and say sorry i make them repeat it no see they'll yell no at me the second time yeah now they're starting to feel it yeah and then i'll ask them a question like okay so can i ask you a question ballpark if how much do you think this problem's cost you over the last 12 18 24 months if you could come up with a figure and then they'll say oh uh... That's pretty hard to quantify. I said, well, help me out here. 10, 20, 30,000. I said, maybe about 30,000 pounds. Okay. But that's not a lot of money in your world, I guess.
1: No, it is a lot of money.
2: Sorry. That is a lot I'll of money. Deaf and I go, "Definitely." I'll make you say it twice. or want you to say it's a lot of money twice out loud because you start to feel it now, aren't yep. you? Yep. And then I'll simply say, okay. Um, so how does that make you feel? I, I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I can I can hear that from your voice, Daryl. Um, look, I'm conscious of time. One last question: Have you given up trying to fix this?
1: No, I just I've been too busy, candidly.
2: No, that makes sense. Look, okay, well, I'm conscious of time, Daryl. I'm going to be upfront with you. I, I don't know if I can fix your problem yet because I don't know enough about you or your business. But I have helped similar companies in your sector with that very issue. So look, let's pretend I'm not saying I can, but let's pretend I could fix it for you, and you believed I could. Is there any reason you wouldn't invite me in for, say, half an hour, 45 minutes? No, you've got me intrigued. I trust you. Uh, It's worth a conversation. Exactly. And at what point did I give away my name or company or talk about any of my products in that conversation? You did not anywhere. Not. And you still agreed to meet. This is what a good call sounds like. My job as a salesman is never to give away any information. It's to gather it. And I will only give it away once I know everything I need to, because then I can present back a solution.
1: That will be right. All right. We're going to wrap it up there. Okay. That is brilliant. What you've just heard Benjamin say, and on, on recap here, is don't introduce yourself. Don't talk about yourself. And ask questions to get immersions. And your beliefs determine your behavior. Is that not correct? The biggest problem
2: people have when they work with me is their beliefs won't let them do that. They don't believe they can phone up a stranger and not introduce themselves. It goes against everything mom told them. And they fight it. It works, but they fight it. The good ones get it and they do it. I could not do any of this. Just a caveat to everyone out there. People think I was a natural. I came out of my mum's womb, able to do all of this. I couldn't. I learned all of this. I had to unbreak all the beliefs that were preventing me from getting appointments and selling.
1: If you can relate to anything Benjamin's saying here, do yourself a favor. Follow him online. He is prolific on LinkedIn. Benjamin Dennehy, the UK's most hated sales trainer. Benjamin! Thank you for your Thank time you. today, sir. I had a blast. Everybody, uh, check in inside Inside Sales. We'll talk to you next episode.
0: You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Hosted by Daryl Prale, the CMO of Vanilla Soft. Tune in every other week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. One of the many shows on the ever-growing Funnel Radio Channel. Sponsored by Vanilla Soft.